Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. See, now you're experiencing the true tri-state area deal here. Two overturned tractor trailers I heard out there. Three. Three? A little bit different than Green Bay, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but like, what do you do in that spot when you're like you're ready to lose your mind in traffic? Like, where do you go? Uh, to the darkness. <laughs> to the darkness. <laughs> like seriously, uh, you think back in those experiences? No, like, I have like a of- book on tape that's going on. That darkroom thing must have really helped him. Maybe after being trapped in darkness for multiple days, and I still don't know exactly how many days it was, maybe you come to the realization that you're never going to complain about anything ever again because nothing that you can face in your day-to-day life is ever as bad as being completely enclosed in sensory deprivation. Maybe that's the benefit of it. It is such a miserable experience that nothing else you can ever experience is even remotely that miserable. And good morning. Good morning. Other than two hours of dealing uh, with me. Maybe that's part of maybe it. Maybe he should deal with me for two hours. Oh, yeah, don't maybe worry. that should be part of his cleanse. The two-minute drive in the NFC Divisional game will be nothing after dealing with you for two hours. He'll be like, thank God, this is, this is easy compared to dealing with that guy. I, I, maybe it's you're the right. Same, it's the same thing you went through 20 years ago with John Gruden in practice. That's right. The game was easy. Right. Some crazy guy yelling at me all the time. The game was a, a, a respite for peace and serenity. It was great. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know, Mike. You're right. It's becoming such a popular thing, right? I will say that. Ever since he's done it, I know more and more people who have gone down that road to try that. So, he is kind of revolutionary that way, has opened people's eyes to that. I don't know the magic behind it either. I have a hard time, no matter what, go to the darkness, ayahuasca. New York City traffic will make you mother F people. I don't give a damn how many ayahuasca trips you had. That will drive you freaking crazy driving around there at times. Especially when, as you drive around, this is all you see from the people driving Oh, they just don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. I am the guy that pulls up to that person and yells at them or, like, tells them to put the phone down or whatever. But, yeah, between that 
and Uber in New York City, right? They've ruined New York City driving, right? We never had a problem getting around New York City at any point. The yellow taxi cab thing was the greatest thing ever invented. Stick your damn hand up, boom, I got a taxi. Uber came in, paid all the politicians. Oh, it was that easy. Uh, well, it was, it was easier than it is now where you can't go anywhere, where you can walk 25 blocks faster than you can drive 20 blocks because the island's so crowded because of people not driving or the damn Ubers. <laughs> Hope wait, you're not wait until the driverless cars come to Manhattan. Yeah. Wait, wait until, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about the driverless cars. The place we stayed out in Arizona during Super Bowl week, there was always one of them sitting out there, just lurking. The driverless car. Like, I thought it was stalking me. But they're all over the place now. And sometimes they work, and sometimes they don't. There was something on, I think, NBC Nightly News. Yeah, that long, something not in long like, ago, or maybe some other. Just the other day. Just, you know, some. Sometimes it just, you know, sometimes it, it, it goes not where it's supposed to go or it gets confused and it just pulls over. If it gets confused by something, it just pulls over and stops. Is it is like the computer? Does it pull over and, like, it. have a, a, a colorful spinny wheel thing and, like, doesn't know what to do? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know what to do. Hold on. You might have to restart your computer. I don't know. Hold on. Um, are you a road rage guy, though? How are you driving no, the car? I don't. I yeah. don't I don't drive enough to have road rage. Right. I have two cars, car and a truck, that I rarely ever drive. I have a truck that I bought nine years ago this December that has thirty five thousand miles on it. I bought it nine years ago. And and I've and the only reason it's got thirty five thousand miles on it is I've taken it to the beach a couple of times and you know, I'm surprised it has that many miles on it, frankly. And one of the reasons it does is because there was a period of time where my other car was not something that really should be driven between October and April. So I'd drive the truck during those months. Since I bought my other car a couple of years ago, I just drive that all the time, and the truck just kind of sits there. So I don't drive enough. I don't drive enough to get road rage. I don't go to enough places. I know. I, I go to the a, grocery store, right. the pharmacy, the barbershop, the bank, and that's pretty much it. That's it. Uh, sometimes, you know, sometimes I have to drive to Morgantown. Sometimes I'll drive to Pittsburgh for, you know, once a year for the doctor's appointment, but that's it. I don't drive very much. So yeah, I know that wasn't the the smartest question I ever had. It's the, it's the one thing I worry about in my work environment, Mike, some days, right? I'm, you know, me, I'm a pretty nice guy. I say hi to everybody. I joke with everybody. I am a jerk on the road. I am a road rage guy and I do have a heavy gas foot. Uh, or heavy foot on the gas, I should say. <laughs> and, and I am like, you know, a little bit into, hey, here's my routine. I got it planned out. This is exactly the timing it takes and all that. And, of course, with a 7 a.m. live TV show in the morning, you can imagine. Yeah, I, I, I cut it probably a little close, and I could probably be a little aggressive in the morning. And I'm always worried that I'm like – cutting off some a co-worker who's you know it's a mile down the road but i'm like get the hell out of the way and i'm honking the horn and i'm afraid like oh man that might have been somebody that's pulling into the nbc lot with me uh so those are the fears that i have on certain mornings especially when i get a little crazy <laughs> so as you get enraged by those who are engaging in potentially unsafe activities while driving you are engaging in potentially unsafe activities while driving. Well, I don't know if I'm unsafe. I mean, I'm just honking the horn and trying to go. Like, I'm, you know, I'm big into, hey, if 
You know, get out of the fast lane. Move over if you're not in a rush. Don't just sit there and look at Facebook and Instagram on the in the what fast lane. What do you lane. do though? But what do you do? You got somebody in the left lane. Right. They're in the the lane the, the left lane where you're supposed to pass. Yes. And that 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 does irk me. Yes. When you've got someone in that left lane that's just treating it like Sunday cruise, and they're making no attempt to pass the car in front of them, or they're just there and there's no other car around. They're just they're just hanging out in the left lane. What do you do when there's someone? who in your estimation is in the left lane and not using the left lane the way God intended it to be. Right. I I mean, if it goes on too long, I will start to flash lights, right? I will flash the light and honk the horn. Unsafe. Unsafe. Probably unsafe. Unsafe activity. Probably Aggressive activity. Asshole activity. It is. But they usually see, I won't do it if I like, I get the sense that, hey, this is a person who's just daydreaming for a minute, right? But when I start to see, back to your original point, Heads going down, and we're looking at the phone. You're gonna get crazy, Chris. You're gonna get crazy, Chris. You're gonna get lights. You're gonna get honking. My car, more times than not, is faster than yours. That's one of the advantages of having the Tesla. I am gonna pull up to the side of you at some point and look at you and tell you what an asshole you are, and probably give you the finger, and then probably tell you to put the phone down, and then try to go by you. <laughs> and that's and then no, you get and then I'm you get to work of. and you realize when you get you get to work and you realize it, it's uh, Sam Flood <laughs> yeah. or one of our right right one of the executives that can render us unemployed uh, with the soft snap of the fingers. I gotta yes. be careful. It's my kids get on me, especially my son. He's the one that like he gets embarrassed. When I drive like that, he yells at me, tells me to calm down. So Phillip's the one I really got to worry about there. Can I give you a more practical admonition? Okay. As you consider engaging in these aggressive activities while you're driving. Yes. And I mean this like it's starting off as a joke, but it's quickly morphing into not fatherly advice. I'm not old, not old enough to be your father. Uncle, uncle advice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> People have guns and they're not afraid to I, use them. I, I know, nowadays. I know that. I know, I know. I, I, uh, I, I do think of that. I do. I, it does cross my mind at times. And um, it, you know, it's it's weird. It, I'm, I'm not going to lie. When I lived in Florida and other places like that, I used to really think that and be like, "Well, I better be careful." Uh, up in the Northeast, I'm a, I don't know. There's stricter gun rules, but I, I, I still should have those thoughts be just as prevalent as, as anywhere else. You're right. The people are not afraid to pull it out anymore. Um, or, or people have, uh, golf clubs, Jack Nicholson. I oh, remember that one. Uh, that was amazing. He February went to 8, town on that. February, car. I just found it. I just found it. February 8, 1994. He's a Jersey guy Mike. against the actor. He's a Jersey guy. Uh, Nicholson it. was 56 at the time. He approached Robert Blank's Mercedes Benz while stopped at a red light in North Hollywood after accusing the other man of cutting him off in traffic. Nicholson used a golf club to bash the roof and windshield <laughs> on the car. Uh, there was an undisclosed settlement, which included a reported $500,000 check from Nicholson that ended the incident. That was back in 1994. You can picture February that from Jack. 8. Jack definitely seems like a Absolutely. road rage guy, right? I mean, no doubt about it. He seems like we're cut from the same cloth. He is from Jersey, like I said. So he knows the Jersey State bird quite well, I'm sure. I can imagine driving around with his Joker face on, uh, (laughs) ready to use golf clubs and other weapons as needed. But but in in all seriousness, I'll be careful. 
I hear you. I think maybe you should go into a dark room for a few days to cure your road <laughs> okay. rage. Okay. I'm going to need to talk to Danielle about this. Maybe I even need to talk to Phil. It's like, hey, <laughs> Phil, in all your time worrying about Chris blurting out the F word in front of Regis Philbin, there's a little blind spot here, no pun intended, about how Chris handles himself on the roadway. You know, I, I don't want the guy to get shot. So, yeah, uh, and again, it's kind of a joke, but it's kind of serious. I know. I hear so, you. I hear you. And trust uh, me, my family, they're, they're all aware. They, they say these things to me quite often. So I have a little bit of a reputation in this department. Well, hopefully this has been therapeutic, but not nearly as therapeutic as multiple days in a locked room. By the way, here's the postscript on the Jack Nicholson road race oh, from 1994. Great. In an interview <laughs> years later, too. I was on my way to the course, and in the midst of this madness, I somehow knew what I was doing because I reached into my trunk and specifically selected a club I never actually use, my two iron. <laughs> I didn't want to ruin he one of his good went, clubs. I don't use that one. <laughs> <laughs> where's, the, where's the club I never use? <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, I love it. Uh, good job by Pete. Look at that one up there. <laughs> All right. Uh, there is no good way to transition from that to football. So we just say, now we talk about football. By the way, the show is PFT Live on uh, Peacock. Uh, what was the name of the streaming service we're on again? Yes, Peacock. Not Netflix. Not uh, not Paramount, but Peacock. Also, Sirius XM 85. Sky Sports Action, which inevitably will be Sky Sports NFL once the season begins. And podcast where we get your podcasts. All right. Yesterday was a day for the Indianapolis Colts to state what everybody else already knew, even though they tried to fool us into thinking they had a quarterback competition by listing Anthony Richardson or Gardner Minshew as their potential starters, something that apparently people who have been covering the NFL for years had never before seen last week. We saw it multiple times last week. We saw it in Indy. Here is, before we even get to that, I'll tell you, they've named Anthony Richardson the starter. Here is Richardson talking about his reaction to the news that really shouldn't have been regarded as news, that he will be the quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts when they start their regular season next month. Uh, honestly, I was shocked. You know, uh, I've been grinding, putting in work just to, you know, get the title. But, you know, it's not really all about a title. You know, I'm, I'm just trying to make sure I'm ready for the team. You know, despite, you know, being labeled as QB1, you know, I still got other guys in the room helping me, you know, get to that standard. So I'm forever thankful for them. You know, I appreciate them, and I'm glad, you know, I did get the nod. And, you know, I do have the, the trust in, the, in everybody in the building to think that I am QB1. You say you were shocked by it. Was that shocked by the timing of it, or I guess why? It was, it was just hearing the words, you know, because you worked for it. You didn't, I didn't know when the timeline was, was going to be. You know, I was just looking forward to uh, week one and just being ready for the opportunity and getting thrown in the fire, hopefully. But, you know, he told me, and I'm just like, like wow, it, it really happened. I can understand from his perspective, you don't want to presume anything. You don't want to assume that it's just going to be handed to you. I like his attitude. I like that he was shocked by it. The rest of us weren't because we're in a position where we can see the way the wind is blowing. I guess when you're in the middle of the wind, you don't necessarily know. But we knew. Thanks to years of experience and seeing rookie quarterbacks highly drafted and understanding it's just the way it works in today's NFL. You can't use a pick that high on somebody you're not going to play. Unless you've got the very rare, at this point, Kansas City Chiefs 2017 strategy of we have a quarterback who's accomplished and we believe can get us to the playoffs, 
But long term, we need to go next level. And we found somebody we can take us to the next level or who can take us to the next level. We're going to put him on ice for a year, even though I still think the Chiefs could have maybe even gotten to the Super Bowl in 2017 if they had pivoted to Patrick Mahomes. That's the rarity. The rule is now, if you're going to use that pick, especially if you've been like the Colts with this revolving door of veterans right. since Andrew Luck right. abruptly retired four years ago this month, you go Jacoby Brissett, Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, bench him, Matt Ryan, bench him. You want a young guy to build around. You got nobody else that is in-house that has gotten anything done for you in five years. Yeah, you embrace that guy. You get him ready to play. It's on you as an organization to get him ready to play. And if if that guy that you take with the fourth overall pick, if you don't think he's going to be able to be ready to play, you take somebody else with the fourth overall pick. Yeah, I, I think there's a, a ton of logic to what you're saying. I mean, it was one of those where, like, it was a little bit like, wait, oh, yeah, they didn't name him a starter yet. You're right. It, it, I took it for granted, too. When the news came out, I was like, oh, because I was already penciled him in as the starter for sure. For all the reasons you said, it's a new head coach, right? They're trying to build something. They draft a quarterback this high. The talent is eye-popping, as anybody could see just watching these clips right here. I mean, it's not perfect, but the talent's there. And you, I mean, the, the way the ball comes out of his hand, the quickness, the velocity, the way he runs. I mean, he lowers a shoulder and you go, well, he's going to run this guy over. It's just rare to have the thoughts you have with him, let alone, I think, when you add on top of that, Mike, right, what we talked about in the draft process. This was a guy, let's not make the Trey Lance mistake again. A guy who hasn't played a lot in college, but now we're going to ice him on the bench a little longer so he doesn't get that experience. You know, he needs to play. He needs to get out there and learn and do that and grow as a player. And they'll grow that offense around him. So good for them for finally just getting this in the rear view mirror and, and moving on with life with the, know that, with the guy they know that that's the man. Yeah, the 49ers gave us an excellent example of what not to do. When you make a big move, trade up, create expectation, create more anticipation that here comes our savior and he just never plays. And then when he finally does play after sitting on the bench for a year, he breaks his ankle and then he's just gone. And now he's he's on the verge of being buried on the depth chart. I mean, and that's just circumstance. Not a whole lot has happened in the grand scheme of things since Trey Lance debuted as a rookie in the preseason two years ago. You got to get the guys reps young. You got to get them to the point where they have seen enough and done enough that the game slows down and they are where they should be three years into their career. Trey Lance is nowhere near where he could be or should be at this stage of his development because he's had such limited opportunity. Now, again, last year was wiped out due to a week two injury, but week one, we didn't see him nearly as much as we could have or should have. And when you have a QB1 who you continue to regard as entrenched, getting all the reps in practice, those reps in practice mean something. So that's one of the reasons I think that, 100%, that you do Mike. this. Yeah. And that's why I hate these quarterback competitions that go on and on and on and on and on. Like the Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask thing this year, last year with Geno Smith and Drew Locke in Seattle. The longer it takes to make your decision – the longer it takes for QB1 to get to act like QB1 and get all the reps and the preparation that comes from it. So here we are three weeks out from the first game that counts for the Indianapolis Colts. 
and let's get this guy ready. Let's drop the facade. Let's not do what Urban Meyer did two years ago where he tried to create some awkward trade market for Gardner Minshew by actually creating the impression that Minshew could beat out Trevor Lawrence for week one and then ultimately got a sixth-round pick for Minshew from the Eagles. Let's just call it what it is. We drafted this guy to come in and be our savior at the quarterback position. Let's let him get to work on saving us. I think that's why you do it. You know, you, you explained it right. You get him the reps. You, 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 the, 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 you, you end the questions that are out there. You know, when are you going to name the starter? Is he going to be the starter? You stop all of that, right? And now you start to hone in on, hey, the things he does do well, and we're going to continue to formulate things like that around him in the offense. And you just start to hone in a little bit more on what your offense is going to look like overall with this guy leading the crew, right? I mean, as we know, there's going to be certain plays with a Gardner Minshew that are just not, a, not you know, they're not available to him that, 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 that would be available to Anthony Richardson. So now they get to just start to worry about what they are going to be as a football team with Anthony Richardson at the, at the quarterback position. He doesn't have to worry about the competition on a daily basis and, and worry about somebody looking over his shoulder. And the team, like you said, can start to frame the offense around him, the leadership role around him, and hopefully they can grow this into something big. But I think the way he played on Saturday, I think that was, I can't remember all the damn games now, but the way he played there, I think, and what Shane Steichen said after the game, to make an early mistake, right, that was still eye-popping talent-wise, but then to rebound and you go, ooh, wait, is every throw going to look like this? I mean, this guy's raw. We know he's raw. Is he going to fall apart now that this happened, right, and start to force something, try to make things look good? And he played so within himself and was so calm and really his – his play was better than his 7 for 12 and 67 yards like I talk, like we talked about. He had two drops that were for significant yardage too. But I think that had to probably give them the extra, you know, inkling or kick in the butt of confidence to go, you know what, this guy can handle it. And, of course, he showed us that in, the, in front of the microphone on a, every time he does that too. He looks extremely mature and ready to go as far as a starting quarterback in the NFL. And, you know, part of it, too, is how the coaching staff deals with it when you come to the sideline. Does their reaction cause you to freak out or does their reaction cause you to calm down? And it looked like when they went to the sideline, the receiver who was in the foreground of the interception got a little of the business, maybe for not putting his arms in the air and trying to catch the damn ball from that that the main angle. It looks like he flinches a little bit like. It's well. Like, it, it, he threw you know, a, he threw a ball where it's like you're you're right. I see it too. But I wasn't. I I think he's not sure. Is he throwing to the guy outside or is he throwing to me? I think there's a little bit of both there, right? So maybe he doesn't give it the go. To your point, I think you're right. But he, I think it's probably a part of him that's like, wait, the trajectory of that ball. Maybe that's not to me. Maybe that's to the guy outside of me. But obviously there was Watch a communication they come issue. Off. Watch yeah. as they come off. Yeah, they're giving Six it, they're, is getting the business. No doubt about it. Six is getting the business, not five. Isaiah McKenzie, because there it is, and he it's like he just watches it go over his head. Yeah, no. Now, I, know. I don't know that he would have gotten it, right. but I think he would have gotten it. Well, I think just based that. upon what we've seen NFL receivers do, if you put your arms up and jump, he's got a shot at getting that ball. Yeah, I, I don't know if he would have got it either way, but obviously there's something wrong there was something wrong there and they said there was a miscommunication yeah. there obviously was confusion whatever but the fact that he was able to bounce back from that and that's the least of your concerns that's like 
He'll, they'll fix that, like we said on Monday. That's an easy fix. He'll never make that mistake again. He'll expect that blitz you know, next time, know what to do, get guys on the same page. And the receivers, hey, they got a guy like Isaiah McKenzie. He's coming from Buffalo. He's probably got to learn a few new rules in the offense and is not greased up in that department yet. So you know, they got a little bit of a learning curve still to go here in, in Indianapolis. Well, and the thing that screwed that play up, the blitz out of the slot, and it hurried up Anthony Richardson, and and maybe McKenzie just didn't even realize that everything had accelerated until it was too late. All right, Right. back to the bigger decision. Yeah. And we we can talk all we want about why we think the Colts did what they did, but we have access via the video that was created yesterday of Colts coach Shane Steichen explaining why now, why the move to name Anthony Richardson QB1 for the Indianapolis Colts. Here's Steichen. Well, you know, Anthony's just been progressing. You know, the growth he's, he's shown, you know, and then obviously going into Buffalo, you know, playing against a lot of their starters, you know, he showed great signs of, of improvement and uh, like the things he did. And it's an opportunity for him now to get a lot more reps with the ones going forward. Uh, and then we go from there. Hey, why did you feel the need to make a commitment in mid-August? Uh, like I said, I think we need more reps. You know, keep getting the more reps, get, get, keep creating that chemistry with the ones. Uh, the more reps he gets, the more he sees, the more looks he sees, you know, he's going to be better for it. Yeah, it's basically what we've been saying, and that's the way it is in the NFL. You get to the point where everything slows down. You get to the point where the light goes on. Whatever other cliche we could throw in here, there's a moment where you go from not really understanding it to understanding it, where you go from not mastering it to mastering it, right? Where I got this now. And, and, and there's a series of moments like that in the progression of the career of a quarterback because you gradually learn things you didn't know you didn't know. But there's that threshold moment where you've seen enough, you've done enough, And as they always say, the game slows down. That's one of the things you always hear about football. As you progress from level to level to level, it's it's faster. It's faster. It's faster. Right? Right. And there's a point where it no longer feels as fast. Where, okay, I I got this now. I can do this now. And it just comes through repetition. Yes. Nothing else. Right. Playing games, practicing with the, the first string, that's what gets you to the point where you're, you're closer to reaching your potential. Whatever your ceiling is, whatever your ceiling is, the job of the coaching staff is to put you as the quarterback in the position to get to that ceiling. Yeah, that's right. I, I've always explained it, Mike, to piggyback off of what you're saying, where it's like playing quarterbacks like a bunch of snapshot pictures. And it's moving fast, and it's like, whoa, the safety's here. Whoa, there's a hole there. That was one picture. And then when you start to get comfortable – it starts to become like a slow motion movie. Now, I don't know if I ever got to slow motion in my career, but I got it to where at least it was a movie and it wasn't a snapshot. I did right before I got hurt that playoff year where I was going, damn, I, I've seen things and I'm coming off the sidelines, seeing things going. I don't even know how I saw that, but I saw it. I don't know. But, and that's where you do get after the reps and, and a little confidence and some good moments and, and learning from some bad ones. And yeah, I mean, Shane Steichen said it, the reps. Hey, there's first things the first-team offensive line can do that the second-team O-line can't do that would benefit Anthony Richardson, and Richardson would benefit the offensive line. So let's get that out of here. The hell with it, right? You always see, right, There's you watch a, a quarterback show or, you know, hard knocks or whatever, right? The, the first-team quarterback, he gets to always throw to the first-team receivers, right? 
So let's start that right now. Now there's no more like Gardner Minshew throwing to Michael Pittman Jr. and, and Alec Pierce. No, now it's, it's, it's Anthony Richardson every time. And when Anthony Richardson gets in 7-7, seven and seven, it's always those guys. So now it's, wait, I know exactly what Michael Pittman looks, when he, looks like when he's about to make the outbreaking route at 20 yards. I can see the body language. I've seen it day after day after day. Those are the little nuances and things that take the quarterback play and your offense to a next level. And, and it's good that they're getting there now rather than later and start to build that chemistry. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You know, as you were explaining the snapshots that eventually become the slow motion movie, I thought of something that I hadn't thought of in years. And I am preemptively calling for the old piano music, which I don't think we've heard. <laughs> it's been a while. Not since we got back. Maybe it's my aging brain right, that right. has caused me to forget it. But and this may even be before your time. This is long before we had things like this to distract us and fill in the voids. And when we were just bored in school or whatever. And I, I, I have, I had, I really have not literally thought about this in years. You would get in your textbook there it is. and you draw a little oh. stick figure. I don't hear it. You draw a stick figure on one page, and then you go to the next page, and that stick figure has moved a little bit to another still frame. Right. And then the next page, it moves a little more, and then after enough of them, you start flipping through your book, and it's a little stick figure running from you know one side of the page to the other, and doing right, whatever, right. getting chased by somebody, or a bird flies down. But that's what this is. You go from the individual images to something that actually moves. Right. To something that you've seen enough that you know how it goes. When you see that flash of the safety where he is, you know from film study and reps, you know where that guy's going to go. So you know where your player's going to be open. And you know how your player likes to catch the ball. You know how he breaks out exactly of his route. Right. It right. all comes together into this 3D event where you didn't have to see all of it happening to know what was going to happen. That's... Only something that occurs through experience, repetition, and just do it, do it over and over again. Being con- uh, can, can you imagine? I mean, what, what, it, what, what, it, what did the game look like to Peyton Manning or Tom Brady 
you know, or even Aaron Rodgers, or what it's starting to look like with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, we're seeing that. That's what he's trying to get to. He said that yeah. recently. Yeah. He wants to figure out how Brady got to the point where he knew before the play even began what was going to happen. That, right. You know, that, that, that's where I can't even imagine, you know, putting myself in their shoes and what they saw and all of that, right? I mean, it, it's truly a slow motion picture with, with that type of quarterback play. But yeah, the, those type of guys. Then through that experience, yeah, you 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 get more and more clues because of the, how the game is slowed down. You start to notice even more things. Oh, I just I noticed the linebacker was just shaded over just a hair more than than times before, and it clued me that hey, he might be unlocking some sort of blitz here. That's why he took a step over. You know, th- those are the the great things about experience and getting to play and doing that. You get a feel. Just you know, I can remember. To your point, Mike, when I started to feel really comfortable, I'd pull away from the center and drop back and like have a good feel with my spidey senses of kind of the jump the backside defense and got on the snap count. Right, just because now I'd, I'd gotten so clear in my eye, hey, I'm comfortable to where my vision was opened up to where like I feel like when I pulled away, I could see Julius Peppers and what kind of jump he got. And if I felt like it was a good jump, I'd look downfield. But you know, hey, at, maybe at that fifth step, I might peek back just to make sure he's still being blocked, or am I going to get strip sack fumble? And hey, oh, I had a feel for that, and I got down and covered the ball. He didn't get me because I because the game did slow down. There's, of course, a ton of advantages, as we know, and uh, we want all these young quarterbacks to get it, and we'll see who gets it the quickest out of this group here. Young quarterback needs a good support system. That includes a backup quarterback who is in position to assist in the overall development and not trying to undermine or impede or leapfrog. QB1, secretly hoping he fails so the backup can play. Gardner Minshew, who arrived via free agency before the Colts drafted Anthony Richardson, but surely knew it was just a matter of time before he was supplanted by a rookie. Here's Minshew on his reaction to the news that the Colts had decided to name Anthony Richardson the starting quarterback. You know, super excited for Anthony and the opportunity that he has. Uh, You know, this is his franchise. You know, that's the reason they picked him where he is. And, uh, man, he's, he's going to be really special. So I'm excited to work, continue to get better, and figure out how to win some games around here. Uh, you know, you're hurt, obviously. Uh, you know, when you, anytime you put so much into something, you know, uh, it can be disappointing when you don't, you know, hear what you want to hear. But I totally understand, and I'm all, all in with what we got going. Uh, really, I can't stress enough, really excited for Anthony, man. I think he's going to be really special. I think he's got a great opportunity here, and just, we're going to just try to figure out how to win some games. There's a sweet spot for a backup quarterback when you're with a young quarterback where you push him and you push him and you create an environment of competition, but you're really not trying to hurt him. Right. You're not trying to beat him. Right. You're doing it to make him better. Matt right. Hasselbeck used to do that with Andrew Luck yeah. when they were both in Indianapolis. You compete and you compete. A Minshew, you know, one of these days Minshew's ship's going to come in. One of these days he's going to get another chance. You know, he wasn't horrible during his time as a starter with the Jacksonville Jaguars. No. Now, they just didn't win very many football games. And the organization was kind of dysfunctional at the time, and they've cleared a lot of that out in recent years. But Someday, some way, somehow, Minshew's going to get a chance to play again. He's good enough to play in the NFL. It just needs to line up right for him. And it, it could come with an injury to Anthony Richardson. With his playing style, he could get himself injured. 
along the way, and then Minshew gets a chance to come in and play a couple of games. And it's important for these teams to have a competent backup behind a franchise quarterback because just like we saw, it was 2019 when it was Matt Moore playing for Patrick Mahomes after he injured a knee on a Thursday night against the Broncos, and it looked like it was going to be a lot worse than it was when it happened, had to come in and, and hold it down and win a game or two. And, and just keep it together while the starter got healthy. And Minshew may need to do that in Indianapolis, and that could be the thing that gets someone to say, hey, maybe we should give him a chance to compete to be our starter next year. Yeah, I mean, he's he's the perfect backup. And, yeah, he's got some things you like even as a, a starting quarterback. You know, Pete DeMoletis got in my ear and was like, hey, is, maybe he's this generation's Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I think it's a good thought. I never really thought of it that way, but he could certainly be that guy. Right. And then just, hey, if he gets in the right spot, just like a Ryan Fitzpatrick and maybe takes advantage of it, maybe he'll be there more than one or two years or whatever else. But uh, he is perfect for this situation. And Mike, you say it right. Like, I think he's a guy that he competes to be his best and he's confident and that rubs off on the team. And he competes to just raise the level and the energy of the guys around him. And that is what a good backup does. You know, that's what I, I, I know I brought this up before, but like when I was in Tennessee with Kerry Collins and we were, you know, on that really good team and it was 10 and 0 and all that. I mean, I, I knew I wasn't starting. I knew I wasn't going to play at all. I was just getting back in the swing of things, but I love to go out at the start of practice and, you know, talk a little crap to Kerry. Oh, I'm throwing lasers today, Kerry. And you know what Kerry did? He was, I'm going to throw lasers back. I'm going to start to get on my game and I'm going to show you shut up, Chris Sims. And that's what a good backup does where it's not threatening and trying to do something behind your back. It's about helping them out. Hey, did you see this? Learn from this guy when the safety's here and trying to add to the energy of the offensive group. That's what a great backup quarterback does. And on top of that, Mike, like we always talk about, this guy is out there every day going, whoa, I, I can't throw the ball like that. Whoa, I, I can't do that. Whoa, that I can't run like that. Whoa, I'm not as big as him and just do that with people all around me. So he sees the talent to where he's not going to fight this. He knows what the the writing on the wall is, and he's going to, you know, try to help this guy out who he knows the the organization is invested in, and he sees that talent to to go, okay, uh, this is pretty obvious here. And, you know, one of the reasons the Colts may have decided to go ahead and make this decision now and start preparing now for week one, they have not won the season opening game since 2013. That's crazy. Andrew Luck's second NFL season is the last time the Colts opened the season 1-0. So they go to Houston this year, and that should be a pretty good chance for them to break this streak that goes all the way back. That's what they said last year, Mike. <laughs> they said that last year. Yeah. <laughs> and then they had that tie. Well, and look that at that. Look, look at this. Yeah. Look at this. Look, look at this. And, and, uh, I mean, I it has been for Colts fans, and, and this was supposed to be, and it, it doesn't help that the owner of the team, Jim Ursay, writes some pretty big checks and he blusters and he talks big and he's done that over and over and over again. I think part of it is there's a carnival barker element to it where you need the fans to be excited. So you start talking about winning multiple Super Bowls with Andrew Luck and you 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 talk bigger than maybe you should. It gets people to think this year could be the year. 
But man, the past several years, what a nightmare the Colts have gone through. And this is a new age. This is we have the guy who starts off right away, just like Peyton Manning did in 1998, just like Andrew Luck did in 2012. We have a top four pick. Obviously, Manning and Luck were both number one overall, but we got a top four guy who comes in. He gets the ball, and off he goes. And along the way, maybe he will make the Panthers regret taking Bryce Young. Maybe he will make the Texans regret taking C.J. Stroud. Maybe he will be the Josh Allen of this class, better than the guys taking it one and two, just like Allen was better than the guys taking it one and three. Yeah, I mean, hey, that's that's uh, a very real possibility with this kid's skill set. That's for sure. And... I would think that the way he looked on Saturday probably made, you know, team one and two in the draft look a little, made them a little nervous. They're going, oh my gosh, he looks really good. And our guy looks good too, but whoa, it doesn't come out of his hand the way it does that guy. All right. And and of course we haven't even seen them unleash the whole running offense of what he can do there. Yeah. He could, he could hurt some hearts when this is all said and done, just like Josh Allen. Meanwhile, there's a question as to who will be getting the football directly from Anthony Richardson week one, Jonathan Taylor. He's back with the team. There's the lingering ankle issue, and Taylor reportedly still wants to be traded. The Colts hoping upon hope that this will all settle down, and Taylor, as we said yesterday, will realize he's in checkmate, and his best play is to just show up and play. Here is the general manager of the Indianapolis Colts, Chris Ballard, addressing the Jonathan Taylor situation from yesterday. I think the world of, of Jonathan. Um, he's been a great Colt, been a great player for the Colt. You know, unfortunately, last year he, he you know, he, he got hurt early in the season, was dinged all year, fought through it till he finally got to a point where he had to, you know, have this surgery. And now now he's finishing his rehab process. And so hopefully, hopefully as we move forward here, we'll get him back. But we need to get him 100% healthy before we do anything. Serenity now. Calm and cool. Take the temperature out of the room. Get Jim Ursay's Twitter account or X account or whatever it's called account away from him. Don't do anything to inflame the situation because eventually Taylor is going to realize he's got one option. Well, he's got two options. Play for the Colts or don't play football. And if you don't play football, that creates a whole set of other complications. And he wants to play football. And well-documented, well-discussed, running back situation currently stinks. And for a lot of these guys, there isn't much you can do. For Taylor, there's one thing to do. Go play, have a big year, and see what happens next. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it it does. It stinks. And, you know, just the, the one thing is, yeah, Jonathan Taylor, get out there, get ready. Right. This is a, an offense that I would think because of Anthony Richardson has a chance to be dangerous in the run game and you do accumulate some stats that, you know, will get you a significant amount of more money next year. Maybe not what you exactly want, because I don't think any running back's going to get exactly what they want. But yeah, there's just there's no leverage for these guys. And I feel for them, you know, and as a selfish fan uh, and a guy who likes to watch awesome running backs like Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I want to I want to see him out there because I want to see the combination of him and Anthony Richardson and see if that Colts old line can get going again. You know, they could be dangerous. We talked about their defense, too. It's good. 
It's better than what it was ranked last year. It ended up being what, like the 14th or 15th ranked defense in football. But, I mean, it was better than that. When your offense can't stay on the field for four seconds, of course you're going to die out that way. So the Colts have some potential here to be a team that disrupts in the AFC. And, and be annoying if, if Taylor can get back hitting on all cylinders and they get Anthony Richardson playing well. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see their potential there when, when they all come together. Look, it's a very tough road this year in the AFC, but they're in the weakest of the four divisions. Yep. The Jaguars seem to be ready to make a run at elite status, but who knows? They're kind of like the Lions of the NFC. And it's strange that there isn't more attention on the Jaguars. The Lions are everyone's darlings, and they haven't been to the playoffs. No. The Jaguars went to the playoffs and won a playoff game, and something the, the Lions Chiefs haven't like, done since 1991. Yeah, and they were battling it and, with the Chiefs. And, yeah. And and we're just kind of like, oh, it's the Jaguars. Like I know. We're still going through that transition we did with the Bengals, where it's like, you know, we're so used to seeing not very much good football come from the players wearing those uniforms that you need to make our brains become rewired to accept the fact that when we tune on uh, a Jaguars game, that means we're getting quality football. But but my, my point is, who really knows? Yeah. The Colts yeah. are in the mix in a division that isn't all that difficult. And when, you know, you get an easier schedule, maybe – one of these teams from the AFC South can pick off one of the wild card berths, and that would be tremendous progress for the Colts. If they could just get the seven seed this year, that is a huge development, and it lays the foundation for something potentially great to come as the Colts try to get back to what they were, you know, in the early days of Andrew Luck's time with the team when they were able to hang that banner proudly. AFC finalist. (laughs) Upper quartile, the upper quartile. (laughs) Hey, it's better than being bottom quartile or the bottom quartile. That's for damn sure. All right, uh, let's take a break. When we return, at a time when the Jets are getting plenty of good news about the running back position, is there some bad news we're not really focusing on at the quarterback position? We'll discuss that next here on PFT Live. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.